0: And God says, My fellowship with you is not an afterthought, it's a forethought. So I'm going to set things up before you sin so that you know when you sin, you can restore that fellowship back to me.
1: This is Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, glad you're with us as we continue to look at forgiveness and restoration. And that's what uh, today's message is entitled, A Recipe for Restoration. And Pastor, after uh, several days of looking at the topic of forgiveness, I'm glad that we're going to spend a little time looking at the topic of restoration because ultimately, if we are going to forgive, I think the desire for us generally then is to have a full restoration. And God desires that with us as well. What, what can we learn by looking at what God has modeled for us? Uh, well, I, I
0: tell you, that's uh, really a mouthful. There's a whole lot to be learned. As a matter of fact, he, he becomes our model, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at Jesus, what Jesus did was this. Jesus gave a message, but then he would always model the message. So he gave a message, and the message was uh, about being the leader over all, becoming the servant of all. Then in, in the... Next chapter, you have him washing the disciples' feet. So here's the message. You know, let me preach to you and tell you this. But people would rather see a sermon than hear a sermon any day. And so in the next chapter, Jesus in John 13 washes the disciples' feet. See the message, serve, now the model. So here you have the precept and the picture. And of course, when you look at what God has done, Every picture that he paints for us is perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in the servanthood picture, it's perfect servanthood. You want to be a perfect servant. Look at John 13. Get the elements that Jesus portrayed and modeled for the disciples, and you will have perfect service. How do you have perfect forgiveness? Look at his forgiveness of us and model what he has done. Now, you can't model it without the power, and we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit filling us in order for us to forgive the way God wants us to forgive.
1: Hmm. Well, it's a good reminder for us today that uh, we do need to be in close relationship and in fellowship with Christ if we're going to do that. And uh, I think a great thing for us to do now would be to open our Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to really be looking at verse 14 today, a great passage about forgiveness and restoration. So join us there as we begin the message A Recipe for Restoration. Here's Pastor Ford.
0: There's an apocryphal story. Who knows what that word means? It means it's false. Uh, there's an apocryphal story uh, about two men who died and went to heaven. And uh, uh, when they got there, uh, they had been friends all their life. And so the one was partnered with the ugliest woman who ever lived. And uh, he said, Peter, what's going on? Why am I put with this ugly woman? He said, well, you got to understand. Here's what happens. When you die and go to heaven, you are given a person that reflects the sin you did as a Christian. And he said, oh, oh, he said, how long? For the rest of eternity, that's your woman. Well, then, you know, he turned around and his friend, he saw him with the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. How I end up with the ugliest woman on the earth and he's got the most beautiful woman on the earth. And St. Peter said, she has to pay for her sins, too. That's a pretty good one. Of course, we know that's not true <laughs> uh, because if Jesus didn't die for all of our sins, he didn't die for any of our sins. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And, and so it, it's not like uh, the people uh, that I remember Richie Wilson quoting. Uh, he said, there are those who think God made the down payment, but we have to make the monthly installments. No, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. He cast my sins in the depths of the sea, and he put up a sign. What what kind of sign? What's it say? No fishing. That's right. As far as the east is from the west, and so east is as far from the west, and never the twain shall meet, which means then my sins have been covered by Calvary. Uh, And so Jesus paid it all. Yes, he did. But what happens if I break fellowship with him? Uh, You see, remember, I can't lose my relationship, but I can break my fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I submit to you, there are many who are like Samson in Judges 16. Remember what happened to Samson? He got a haircut in a devil's barbershop. And, And he was messing around with a woman that made him lose his hair. And so he made her his priority, while allowing her to make him her option. And the Bible says, uh, "She Samson, the Philistines are upon you.'" And it says that Samson got up as he'd always done, but he did not know that the spirit of God had left him. And so, what does God do? Sometimes God writes Ichabod. Who knows what it means? Holler it out. The glory has departed. The glory has departed. And so what's happening to us personally and the church corporately, by and large, the church has become a showboat rather than a lifeboat. Sin is rampant and unchecked from the pulpit to the pew. And so the place is filled with cliques, clans, clubs, people who are filled with hallelujah, but no doula That's a word I made up. People who grow old, but don't grow up. People who spread the gossip more than they spread the gospel. Don't look around. Don't look around. And, and, and so they, they, they leave church feeling good but not doing good. Now, are you with me or am I by myself? I, I say it all the time at infinitum ad nauseum. There are two things that can ruin a church. Ask me what they are. Tight giving and loose living. Amen. Tight giving and loose living. People who spend all week sowing wild oats and then come to church and pray for crop failure. Mm-hmm. There's some people who are saying, ain't none of that apply to me. Quit lying. Quit lying. We all got issues. We all struggling with something. Everybody's struggling with something. Everybody is struggling with something. Amen. Let's start here. What are you struggling with? <laughs> What did you say, preacher? You better, you better start with you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and we are. And, and so what, what, what's the danger? The danger is that we be like Samson, that we think everything is okay when it's really not. Ichabod, the glory has departed. And so we don't want that. Now, we begin to look at what's going on uh, in our churches, and there's good news and there's bad news. And and the good news is God can give us restoration. And the bad news is that most of the time he has to discipline us for it to happen. And, And so when you begin to look at this, now let me give you the context. I want you to see this. I think it's powerful because here's the context. In verses one through six, Solomon just built the temple. Millions and millions of dollars solomon pays to build this temple and uh you know some scholars say 40 million some say 60 80 150 i don't know i don't know i don't know but it cost a lot of money so they build it and now they're dedicating it and it's so powerful. Listen to this. Now when Solomon, uh, this is 2 Chronicles 7, 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worship and praise the Lord saying for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Then the kings and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord and King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford, Jr., a message entitled, A Recipe for Restoration. We're going to have to pause the teaching here, but we'll continue in just a moment. And we'd love to hear where you listen to Treasure Truth and the difference that it might be making in your walk with Christ. You can always give us your feedback when you come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org, and click on the contact link. You'll also find links there to social media. And if you've not done so before, I hope that you'll like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And you can even leave us a comment on our Facebook page, like Darla recently did. She said, I've been listening to Treasure Truth the last few weeks. I've loved the messages, not wishy-washy, but telling it the way it needs to be told. Well, thanks, Darla. It's great to hear from you. And you can link to our social media, again, when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford.
0: Here's what's going on. This is real worship. In verses 1 through 6, how do we recognize real worship? I made an acronym out of it. Verse 1, what is real worship? It begins with a revelation of God to his people. How does it begin? The revelation of God to his people. So in verse 1, God reveals himself. And so that's what I try to teach the elders, and now we got deacons, I'm going to be teaching them too. That's what the service is really all about. What, what is all of these uh, elements of the service? Call to worship. Everything is specific, and, and I try to tell the elders as, as, I, as I walk them through this stuff that it's so specific uh, that you can't do something else or you shouldn't do something else in place of what it says do. So what's the first thing? Call to worship. What is a call to worship? Psalm 95, 1. Come, let us magnify the Lord together and let us exalt his holy name. It is when the worship leader invites the people, forget about what you did before you came here, all the arguing, anything else, forget about what you're going to do after you leave, quit texting and tweeting in the middle of the church and focus all of your attention upon the true and the living God. That's what the call to worship is all about. So call to worship is high liturgy. What do you mean? It's it's something that should be rooted in Scripture that talks about the majesty or the might or the magnificence of our God. Then the next is uh, 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 the people respond. So generally, you have a call to worship, then the people respond. What are they saying? They're saying, the worship leader has just called me to focus my attention on God. Now, I'm doing that. And so it ought to be high liturgy as well. It it ought not be a gospel song about our experience. It ought to be focused on God you know so 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 I don't know any new ones but I know the old ones holy 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 lord god almighty boom boom you're saying god we acknowledge who you are we recognize who you are then what's the invocation when the worship leader says i have called them to worship you and to focus their attention solely on you. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I came to lift him up. I came to jump and shout. I came to sing. That's, that's what it is. So invocation is now, God, we invoke, we invite your manifested presence to be in the midst of us. That's, and everything in the service has some invocation is not pastoral prayer invocation is directed toward God not the people you do pastoral prayer later and so 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 what's the meaning to it when you begin to look at what's going on now they've invoked and what's the difference I need somebody just to stand up and just tell me what's the difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifested presence of God give me give me give me some understanding just stand up and holler it out I'll repeat it so you'll be on the tape come on Anybody? Take a shot at it. Real quick, because I don't have a lot of time. And I got a lot of message, and I don't have a lot of time to cover it. Okay. Um, is, he's everywhere at the same time. That's right. And what does manifest the presence mean? You're in the, in the That's right. That's great. So, the omnipresence of God, and I want to add one thing to your definition. Uh, not that it was wrong, I, I just want to add something to it. Because here's the I define it the omnipresence of God is that God is at. Every place, at all times, in all times. So, add in all times. So, he, he, yeah, that's on the, the presence of God. But the manifested of God, say it again. Let's say it right there in my, in my thingy there. Go ahead.
1: He's here in the moment.
0: He's here in the moment. That is, we're saying, we know you're everywhere, but you won't be involved. So, so now Brother Patterson's be giving me a beat down. And Sister Cynthia's right here. I don't want her just present. I want her to grab her purse and hit that joker. I want her to be in the moment. I want her to get involved with me. And the invocation is saying, God, we've set everything aside. We are focusing solely on you. Now we want you to come and dwell in the midst of the praises of your people. That's why That's why we want to make sure he shows up. How do you make sure God shows up? Praise him. How do you know that? Because he dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. And what happens? God says, and the word literally means to sit on the praises of the people. And so it's the revelation of God to his people. But then notice verse 2. Now you have, you go from the revelation of God to his people to the exaltation of God among his people. Now I'm going to get to verse 14, but I want you to see it. So the revelation of Yahweh to his people. Then the exaltation of God among his people. Notice what happens. The glory comes in and there's no room for man. The priest, what's the priest's job? Serve in the temple, but the glory of God kicks him out. There's not even room for a priest because God is in the house. He's the only one that matters. Nobody else matters. And so what I got to do is I got to so fill the place with my glory that there's no room for man. (laughs) And he wants to do that personally in our human hearts. Fill us so with Jesus, there's no room. (laughs) You know, I got so much Lord in me, you can't see Ford in me. And so it's here, it's here. But then notice, notice verse 3, the adoration of God by his people. Notice, you got the revelation. Then you got the exaltation. What comes next? Adoration. They start worshiping him. They start praising him. They start magnifying him. And then notice verses 4 and 5, the lordship of God over his people what's their natural response they give they get and who gives the most the pastor i mean the king (laughs) look at the it it, it is it is see people don't understand giving they don't understand giving giving is in proportion to who you know god to be that's why you only give a dollar because you don't know who he is that's right. So people talk about tithing. And of course, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. i tell you what, I, I, I tithe in the first couple years of my conversion. I, I, it's, like, it's like, no, no, I have an open hand. God can tell me what to do, when to do it. And there's been times, there was one time my whole paycheck was signed over to somebody because God said, sign that paycheck over to them. And he more than replaced it. I'm glad he ain't asked me to do it lately. (laughs) But if he did, I'm willing. I'm going to do what he said do every time. Amen. Because I've learned. You know, it's it's like, it's like somebody said, oh, I like what you drive. So you should have saw what I drive when I first came in. Yeah, I was faithful with that. I was faithful with $100 a week. I was faithful with $100 a week, paid my tithes and my offering and gave to five missionary organizations back then hmm. and paid hundred dollars rent. <laughs> I can't get over that, can I? There was somebody saying, he always bring that up, that the church paid him hundred dollars a month and then charged him hundred dollars to live in the parsonage. Because <laughs> that wasn't right. <laughs> Amen. But God takes care of me. Amen. So that's real worship. Now, he's going to tell them, here, here's how you have real worship. Now, let me show you how to have real revival. Now, somebody missed it. Whoop, right over your head. Here's the thing. God provides a way to restore us to fellowship after we have sinned, before we sinned. Because where are they now? They're on the mountaintop. It's Sunday morning, and their favorite songs are being sung by the praise team and sung by the choir and the favorite message. Everybody's hyped up. Everybody's worshiping God. Now he says, if my people, which you got to get the impress. What's he talking about? Man, we just sacrificed 120,000 sheep. We ain't got sin on our mind. And God says, it may not be on your mind yet oh, but it will be on your mind. So what I want to do is show you that my fellowship with you is not an afterthought. It's a forethought. So I'm going to set things up before you sin so that you know when you sin, you can restore that fellowship back to me. You can restore it back to me. See, here's the thing that I don't think people understand. And and I'm in a small camp. I understand that. People say, What's going on in the world today? Remember a conversation I had over 25 years ago with Pastor Lyles. We went to Pastor's Conference, and we were coming down North Avenue. We went somewhere uh, because we didn't didn't like the food that they had, so we went somewhere. He showed me somewhere over there to get, get my eat on. And so we coming back we come down north avenue and cabrini green was here and the parking lot was over here and they were building a starbucks and i said whoa he said what you want about i said look at that he said number the starbucks i said wait a minute starbucks cabrini green what's that tell you he said that they building a starbucks across from cabrini green i said no <laughs> nobody up there is going to pay $5.50 for a caramel mocha latte. They're like I am. I have never bought coffee from Starbucks. You want to know why? Because $5.99 gets me a big 16-ounce Folgers that lasts me three months. So why would I pay $5? I can go get my own cream. I can go get my own mint if I want I can only have one. I can have a whole coffee pot em. And so then he said, uh, then I said to him, I said, man, you see things are changing. And I said, man, I said, watch, that's gone. So then he said, oh, you, you think you're a prophet, pastor? I said, no, watch, I'm telling you, they're not going to put a Starbucks over here for Cabrini King people. Man, they're about to do re in this area, I bet you. Well, well, I was right. So then he said, he said, uh, yeah, he said, I often wonder how God's going to do this with America being so powerful. We're a powerful force, but yet, you know, the world is going to go into great tribulation. Where's America? And I said, exactly.
1: Be humble, pray, seek God's face, and turn from sin. You know, that's the recipe for restoration that God gave all the way back in the Old Testament. And Pastor Ford's going to continue this message on our next broadcast. But right now, you can request a copy of this teaching on CD when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, at Moody Radio, we understand the need for clear and accurate Bible teaching. We live in a world where we receive mixed messages every day, from what we see on TV to what we read online or hear from our friends. So we're careful about who we put on the air so you can be sure that what you're hearing is sound Bible instruction. Well, January is a perfect time to become a monthly partner. It's your monthly support over the coming year that allows us to meet the operating costs so that more people can come into contact with the gospel of Jesus. Become a monthly partner when you call 888-644-7660. Or if it's easier, come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. And when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, you're going to receive a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. Now, you can use this ongoing discount on as many items as you'd like, as often as you'd like. You're going to find topical books from many of the well-known Bible teachers, including Pastor Ford. But not just books, also DVDs, CDs, commentaries, and even study Bibles. Become a monthly partner right now when you call 888-644-7660 or come to treasuretruthradio.org. Our producer is Amy Rios. I'm Steve Hiller. Hope you'll listen tomorrow as we continue this message, A Recipe for Restoration. That's here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.